cry, saying, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, and he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. It is the reading of the word of God. Amen. I want to highlight and play some bold print, italicized, if you will, beginning at the B clause of the second verse down to the, the fifth verse. And it reads as such. Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied to the door. Whereon never a man said, Loose him and bring him. If any man say unto you, Why do you this? Or why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. They went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loosed him. I want to preach for just a few moments on this Sunday, providing um, you guys say amen. Just a few minutes. Amen. <laughs> the reply of the regenerate. The regenerated, the reply of the regenerated, the reply of the regenerated. I submit to you this morning that I found in the text something that is known throughout Christendom and Christians for that matter. to do. It's necessary. It's to my moments. animal forget and bring it to Jesus the unexpected no one expected Jesus to call for a donkey but for prophecy to be fulfilled Christ needed a cult and all Jesus asked was if his disciples would bring the cult to him. Jesus said, I'll tame them. 
I will domesticate him. I will transform him or her into someone who will yield to me and I will become their master. Text says in verse one of our pericope, he meaning Jesus, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, go your way into the village over against you and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a cult tied, whereon never a man said, loose him, loose her, and bring them to me. I think we have often taken that text literally because when we go out to evangelize, in other words, to untie or loose sinners for the master, only two show up. I think we take that text too literally because only two or three show up. In other words, only a few show up. And after Jesus' resurrection, he has not only called two to untie, but he has called for all of us to go and unloose and bring back to him, telling the strongholds in their lives, the addictions in their lives, the sin in their lives, that the Lord hath need of them. The Lord hath need of him. The Lord hath need of her. Jesus in the text is speaking to his followers. He is speaking to his disciples and he tells the two to go. And those two show up. The response all of us should have when responding to Jesus' request. Jesus calls on them and they go. <laughs> don't, don't miss that. Yeah. Jesus calls on them and they go. They didn't hem and haul, they went. They didn't just plan to go, no, they went. And as we approach the pinnacle of Christ's human ascension by his redemptive work on Calvary, he plans to enter into Jerusalem, aka the city of peace, on the back of an untamed animal. Listen, and steer him into Jerusalem. The very untamed animal that was brought to him by his followers. It speaks volumes through the corridors of time because he still speaks to his disciples and asks them to go get me an untamed person so I can domesticate them on the way to Jerusalem. I mean, listen to the principles in the text. When we make application of the text to our lives, Jesus is now speaking to the regenerated. We are his disciples, but we are regenerated. Regenerated means that we have become the instantaneous creation by the Holy Spirit of a new spiritual nature and a sinful person who trusts in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And since I have been regenerated, I have been born again. It is the reply of the regenerated that scares me. Because we are supposed to be able to do greater works. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 16 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Greater works than those shall he or she do, because I go to my Father. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, 
I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. If, Jesus says, ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. But he connects what he will do with our obedience to him. Jesus connects our ability to do greater works with that contingency, verse 15, if you love me, <laughs> keep my commandments. Then Jesus empowers us in verse 16, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. That comforter is, of course, the Holy Spirit. The Greek word is that, and the Greek word for that is the parakletos which is a compound word from the root word kaleo, kaleo rather. Kaleo simply means to call or to summons, and para means alongside of. Jesus is saying that my Father will summon the Holy Spirit to come alongside of you. And what Jesus is saying, I'll have my Spirit alongside of you to empower you to do what you by yourself. So I want you to go get that person who is tied up in sin where the Son of Man has never sat. He's never sat in their hearts. He's never sat in their conscience. He's never sat in their psyche. He's never sat upon them. Jesus says loose them and bring them to me. My question is have we as a church large and parochial, have you as individual members left out with your brothers and your sisters for the purpose of loosing someone tied up in, wrapped up in sin and brought them to Jesus. And I know sin is no longer a term used. We'll say that they had social issues. We'll blame it on their parents. But the God that we serve calls sin, sin. Amen. Jesus says, bring them to me. Watch the text. Jesus says, if any man say unto you, why do you ye this? Jesus responds, say ye that the Lord hath need of them. That's, that's good news for somebody that doesn't think like that they're worth anything. That's good news for somebody who has messed up and is torn from the floor. As a matter of fact, that's probably all of us. That's, that's good news for somebody who wished that they can go back in life and do it all over again. What I stopped by to tell you this morning is that the Lord hath need of you and all of your failures and all of your faults and all of your mess-ups and all of your hang-ups, that if you would confess your faults, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Lord hath of you. Oh, and I like that. I, I like that. I like the fact that the Lord has need of him or her, the wild, the untamed, the savage, the fierce, the ferocious, the broken, the uncultivated, the empty, the hurting, the lonely, the uncivilized, the uncultivated, the deserted, the barbarous, the thug, the gay member, the prostitute, the hoe, the pimp, the ratchet, the drug addict, your son, your daughter, your grandchildren, your nephew, your niece, your cousin, your neighbor, your co-worker. Jesus says, loose them and bring them to me. Jesus says, loose them, loose her and bring them to me. 
that the church has told Jesus, I can't. I don't feel like it. I, I'm tired. I, I've been working all day. I just want to chill today. I need to go shopping, by the way. Three points I'm going to take. I'm just going to run right by that. I ain't trying to upset nobody. Three points I want to pull out the text that helps us with our reply to Jesus' commission extracted from this passage. Watch the text. When they came nigh to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that city of peace, the place where the temple of the Lord is, Jerusalem, the place where the Shekinah glory of God exists, and Jesus has now come nigh to Jerusalem, the city that seems to be in turmoil, but now the Prince of Peace is about to go into the city of peace, and when he goes into the city of peace, he wants to take every untamed sinner with him. That's why when he gets close to the city of peace, when he gets nigh unto Jerusalem, he sends forth two of his disciples and said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a cult tied, whereon never a man said, Loose him, loose her, and bring them to me. The first thing you see in the text is the requisition. It is, it is the requisition of the master. It's a requisition. A requisition differs from a request. A request is to express the desire for it, especially politely. Ask for it. And a requisition is a state or condition of being needed or put into service. A requisition is also to make demands of. Jesus says to his disciples, go. It is a request and a command. It is a request because you have a choice, but it's also a command because there are consequences for not obeying the command that he has, the, the request that he has made. Jesus understands that if you are his followers, then we will follow his requisitions because we know we are his servants. He makes the request for us, or he makes the request to us for someone else. Makes the request to us for someone else. Stop thinking that this is all about you. I'm glad that nobody in this house is that is like that, but you can tell somebody that later on. He makes the request to us for somebody else. Look who he re uh, requisitions for. The text says he requests a wild animal. He requests something or someone outside of his care. Because he wants to bring them into his care. And if we are honest about it, we know at one point in our lives, we were that wild animal tied to the door. Jesus makes a requisition for a wild, untamed, and undomesticated animal. But then you see not only the requisition, but you see the recognition. The recognition, secondly. They recognized their own high regard for the righteous master and they respected the wishes of Jesus. Because the text says, and they went their way and found, found the cult tied by the door without in a place where the two ways meet. And they loosened. Certain of them stood there and said unto them, what do ye loosen the cult? And, that, and they said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded them, and they let them go, the Lord had need of them. The text says they found the cult in a place where the two ways meet, 
or men. I pondered that. I, I thought about that for a while. I gave serious consideration about that, that they found that wild, untamed, undomesticated beast. You, you know the kind that gets high, that runs the streets, that chases women, that party, lies, kills, steals, and they found them right where Jesus found us. In a place where two ways meet. Where, where is that place? Where is the place where two ways meet? And the place is where righteousness and sin meets. Where good and bad meets. Where holy and unholy meet. Where the godly and the ungodly meet. Where believers and non-believers. And Jesus said, you will find them between their conscience to do right and their conscience to do wrong. That's the same place he found me. That, that, that's the same place he found you. And he picked me on the road to meet him. <laughs> I wish I had three people that was glad that Jesus took you off the road of unrighteousness, that he took you off the road of sin, that he took you off the road of, 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 of derelict and, and all of the other things that we ought not to do and put you on the road to righteousness to meet him. That wild animal in the text. Listen, that wild animal was for the fulfillment of prophecy in, Ze in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O Jerusalem, or O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon the colt, the fowl of an ass. And I'm so glad that he thinks enough of even of us to ride on us, even in situations where we have been untamed and undomesticated and not listening and doing our own thing, but yet, and still, he was so concerned about us, but not only did he sin for us, he, he rode on us. He rode us until we acquiesced to his will, until we allowed the Holy Spirit to give us a regenerating and a repentant heart so that we can say, Lord, not my will, but thy will. Rise into Jerusalem. The text says that he rises there. He says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and a colt upon the fowl of an ass. And when we bring sinners to Christ, it is the fulfillment of prophecy because Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days, I will pour out my spirit, that he will pour out his spirit. The disciples respected the requisition of Jesus by recognizing that the untamed cult, tied to the crack pipe, tied to adultery, tied to arrogance, tied to addiction, tied to affliction, and tied to restrictions of the flesh. And I've got the sneaky suspicion that God has his believers on a quarantine assignment. That if any of us have an untamed cult tied to a sinful life, Jesus says this is the moment for you to allow Christ to domesticate that wild beast. And please stop acting so holy like you were never tied to some sort of sin. Because if you're honest, Someone came and unloosed you before you judge the hypocrisy. Start thinking to yourself, I'll do the same thing. That if he saved me, if 
he has delivered me, if he has justified me, if he has sanctified me, if he will soon glorify me, if he has enough power to save you and to save me, then why don't you go upstairs or into the den or in the woman's cave if you're on Facebook? Why don't you go out on the streets and tell somebody that there is a Lord named Jesus Christ who has the ability to untie them for whatever they're tied to?
don't be trotting in Jerusalem. He's trotting because he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. I tell you, he's coming, he's coming for the prideful, he's coming for the hurtful, he's coming for those outside, those outsiders, those who have been marginalized. He's coming. He's coming, he's coming. He, We've had the requisition, I'm done right now. We've had the requisition, we've had the recognition, but finally watch the reception. I, I'm glad about the reception. Verses 7 through 11, and I'm pericoping with today. It says, and they brought the cult to Jesus, cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they went before, and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna! Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered into Jerusalem, into the temple, and when he looked around upon all things, and now the eventide was coming, he went out into Bethany with the twelve, and the psalmist gives us Jesus' greatest reception. What a reception that all the people were celebrating that was coming, but the psalmist gives us a more glorious reception because it's a heavenly reception. The psalmist says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall ascend into his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of our salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek that face, O Jacob. And here it is. Here is the heavenly welcome for Jesus Christ, the heavenly reception. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up the everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty and battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even to the wealthy everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So on today, when Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, on today when he makes his triumphal entry, on today when he begins his passion for us, all we got to do is lift up our heads. 
Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. You know why it's blessed? I'm blessed because he came for me. I was tied up, wrapped up, wild and undomesticated. But since I met since I met Jesus, my whole life has been changed. And now I'll be all of my testimonies. And he took us at our wildest moment. And domesticated the undomesticated and tamed the untamed. And because of that, we now sing because we're happy. We sing because we're free. His eyes are on the sparrow, and I know. Even when I don't see him. Even when I'm not hearing from him, and so I think. And even when I'm by myself. Even when, I, when I'm lonely and don't know where to go. Understand God is coming for you. He's sending for you. He wants you. And the reason why he wants you, yeah, nobody might not respect you or care about you, but the Lord had need of you. There is a gift that he has planted inside of you that he wants to pull out and develop that gift for his kingdom. You are worthy. He came for you so that you might be untied and loosed and tamed and then domesticated. The doors of the church are open. Is there one? You can come as a candidate for baptism. You can come with your own Christian experience.
Amen. Yeah. 